Welcome to the We Go Places podcast, where we catch up with WeGo grads with unique careers and the roads they travel to get there. I'm your host, Brian Turnbow, English teacher at WeGo since 2001, and you just heard intro music from Max Russo, class of 2020. Today, we talk to Ashley Alvarado, class of 2013, a candidate for a doctor of physical therapy at the University of Illinois, Chicago. Ashley will share with us how, as a young girl, she observed how physical therapy helped injured family members back to health and how that sparked inspiration for her future career. Joining us today is Ashley Alvarado from the class of 2013. Ashley, what do you do? Uh, Well, I'm studying right now for my doctor of physical therapy, so I'm still a student. (laughs) Why did you want to start a path of physical therapy and then ultimately become a a doctor of physical therapy? So originally I was actually pre-dentistry, so I knew I wanted to get involved in healthcare. And it's going to sound weird, but I was always really interested in teeth and I even had braces like three times. So it was something I was interested in. And then once I was in it and I realized that I would probably have to be a dentist and pull people's teeth out, I didn't think I could do it. Because I remember taking a anatomy class in high school and I wasn't even able to break like a chicken bone. So I was like, I don't think I can pull people's teeth out. So then I kind of went back to the drawing board and thought about what I wanted to do. And I knew I wanted to be involved in healthcare. And then I remember that some of my own family members had been in pretty bad car accidents and they went to therapy and I would go with them. And it was pretty amazing to me how one week they weren't able to walk. And then the next week I would go and they were walking. So I was like, okay. And they always like read a, they made a really big impact in their life. And I was like, okay, I want to do something where I'm making a big impact in someone else's life. And then that's when I decided to do physical therapy. So where did you initially start your studies? Uh, so you went to, so you started off as a dentist uh, in dentistry school, if I'm saying that correctly. Uh, where, where was your undergrad? Yeah. So originally I was pre-dentistry and I went to Southern Illinois Edwardsville, but I was only there for a semester because I realized that I didn't like being so far away from my family because my little brother was a baby at the time. And every time I came, he was so different. So once, um, oh, and I was in their accelerated program there. So once I realized I didn't want to be a dentist and I wasn't even going to be in an accelerated program anymore, I actually went back home and I went to COD and I didn't want to go to COD at all because, uh, I thought that's where people went when they didn't know what to do and I was going to lose motivation and I didn't want to. But I actually ended up loving COD. It was great. As long as you're focused, I think that you can take a really take advantage of everything. And then I was able to transfer to UIC. I couldn't transfer right away because I needed at least 60 credits to transfer. But um, once I finished all my credits, I transferred to UIC and I majored in kinesiology. Ashley, I think that's a really interesting point that you just made there about, you know, having the, you know, the, the focus to take such a, um, that you had the focus to, to really make such an an important pivot and then remain focused with that energy when you were at COD. Do you remember like, what were some of the, the habits that you had to kind of keep you going once you were there? Um, I just kept looking at the requirements for PT school and they needed a lot of like observation hours and I needed a good GPA. (laughs) So um, I just made sure that I kept studying. Um, I just studied a lot, honestly, and I actually ended up getting a job at Athletico so I could get observation hours. But before then, I was just observing 
for free at like different hospitals. Um, so I just kind of made sure I was focused. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it sounds like you really made your time very intentional, how you were able to then say, look, I, this is what I want to do. And then to really gobble up every available hour to make it so you could head into the kinesiology program with your, really with your, your feet hitting the ground so quickly with all that. So you, you, so you head off to UIC for the kinesiology program there. What was that like? What were some of your favorite classes? Um, my anatomy class actually, because we had a cadaver lab and we, I even had a class that we could take for dissection, but I didn't think I could do that. <laughs> but the, just the, um, the anatomy class in general, I just really enjoyed. I think I, it wasn't like a chore for me to go to anatomy class. I loved it. What what made what made the switch? Because you said that you had a problem with like being around like a, a chicken bone before, but then you were able to really uh, embrace the the challenge of being in a cadaver lab the second time around. Do you remember what was the switch? Um. Well, I wasn't dissecting, so I didn't feel like I was hurting the person. To me, it was just like I felt bad. <laughs> I didn't want to hurt the person, but um. I don't know. I, I honestly, I didn't touch the bodies when I was in anatomy lab. I had other people, but I knew where everything was. And I was kind of like helping other students study at the same time. So I thought it was really interesting. I've always been interested in the human body. So, so, uh, so you really enjoyed that kind of work with the cadaver and, and anatomy. What were then some of the things that you did, like in terms of like experiments or studies that you used to kind of get to that next stage in your studies? Oh, I was actually involved in research. So um, I got involved in research because I had a teacher where it's going to sound bad, but I skipped a class to go to a baseball game. <laughs> and then um, I needed help. I didn't need help. I need, I wanted to see what I got wrong on my, on my quiz because that day he happened to hand back a quiz. And I knew I got some questions wrong, so I just wanted to go see what I got wrong. And his was just such a hard class. And... Um, his tests and quizzes were all fill in the blank and paragraphs, which is really hard when it's, it was a physiology class. So a lot of the answers were very specific numbers that he was searching for. And um, I ended up doing really good in his class. So he asked me like what I was studying and what I wanted to do. And I told him I wanted to go to physical therapy. And he's the one that told me to get involved in research because it looks really good in an application. And he offered to do research because he was doing research. So he offered me that I could do research with him, but he suggested I, I look to see what other um, studies were being done so I could find something that was more interesting to me. And there was a study being done with um, Latinos and getting them more active and seeing how we can involve dance to get um, older, elderly Latinos more active. And I got involved with that research. Oh, that sounds like a cool experiment. Uh, could you explain what you were, what the variables were and, and how you, and what were your ultimate findings with that particular experiment? So this experiment has been going on for years now and it's still not done. <laughs> but um, what we were looking for is we were actually hiring professionals to teach a dance class and they would come, I believe every two weeks and um, they would just come and they would be dancing bachata, merengue, salsa, and I forgot what the other one, oh, cumbia. So those were the four that they were teaching them how to dance and they were just going every two, two days or every two times a week to go dance. And then we gave them um, a Fitbit. So we were just counting how many steps they were taking just to see if 
being involved in a dance got them more active and increased their steps. <laughs> which which uh, which of the musical genres uh, had the best results? Was it cumbia? It had to be cumbia. Which one was it? Um, they all got the same dances actually. So there was a group that got a dance and then there was another one that didn't and they all got Fitbits, but the one that was evolved in the dance was more active. And then they also had like, uh, focus groups where they would come and they would just talk to see what their like experiences were. Cause it was also, they were also studying how technology could help older people get more active because most older people aren't so technologically technologically savvy so the focus groups were also so they could come and just tell us what they were having trouble with and so we could help them i would imagine with an experiment with that like that you would almost have to create and replicate the type of social part of it because dance is so social so i mean was there a way to recreate the variable of like the same people every week showing up or did you intentionally mix it up to have different people what was that kind of social angle to the experiment so we didn't really have specific groups we just told them what days to come and there was different areas so there was like pilsen was one area and oh gosh i forgot the other areas but there was about i think six different areas that we had different groups in and it was just trying to get trying to get it to be close enough so that they could come to us. And then sometimes since we didn't um, have specific days that they would come, some people wouldn't come one day. And then other people sometimes travel to Mexico, so they wouldn't come for a couple weeks. So, yeah, there was no real way to control it. That sounds like such a cool. Ex- I love that idea of of using dance to exercise and especially for that particular demographic that you're targeting what a what a cool idea did you have any other uh research that you really enjoyed no that was the main research group that i was involved in but i really enjoyed it because even even like because i'm latino and when older people get older they're like oh like don't don't run don't jump like just take it easy relax we'll do everything for you but I didn't realize at the time that that's what causes so many like a deterioration in health for older people because they're just not moving and they're not active. And that's that's really what they need. They should be doing because moving and exercising helps strengthen their bones. It helps them be able to walk longer. It really it not being active is a big impact on quality of life. You graduated from UIC with a the, was the major kinesiology yeah kinesiology and then what and then what's the next uh decision uh point for you to then want to uh become a doctor in physical therapy what was the what's the what's the progression after that i was already interested by the time i was in uic that's why i got a degree in kinesiology because i figured studying the human body and getting more um background in it would help me for pt school um so then during my senior year of uic is when i started to apply to schools and um and i had to take the gre also during that time (laughs) so it could do you remember what the gr what your gre preparation was like oh yeah um that summer uic offered a gre prep course which I'm really glad I took because I wasn't expecting it to be. It's very strange. It's like back to grade school, middle school math. And I was already taking like calculus at this point. 
So it was like a real, I had to really switch my, the way I thought, because sometimes I was like, I can't figure out the answer. And it was just so simple, the math. And it's because I just, I didn't remember any more like integers or prime numbers or anything like that. So um, I would go every week during the summer for, I, be, I believe it was like eight weeks. And um, it was someone who is a GRE, that's their job. They literally just do GRE prep. And I think we would meet for like eight hours on a Saturday, which really was not fun at all during the summer. Oh, during the summer? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, not great. it was the worst, <laughs> but it really helped me because I, I only had to take it once and I don't think I could have gotten the score I did without it. How is the, the coursework different once you get into the, the, the doctor program for physical therapy versus what you did when you were an undergrad? In undergrad, you have a lot of projects and papers and homework that really boost your grade up. But in grad school, it's like all tests, all tests. That's all it is. And that's the only thing that matters for your grade. So, and I wasn't a good, I don't know how to explain it. I wasn't good at studying. I kind of would just read over the notes and that was my way of studying. And I really had to change the way I studied for grad school because I had to know a lot more and there was so much information that was thrown at us. We would go through like a whole textbook in a semester um, or maybe even more than that. I don't really know. What was your like your technique that maybe made a more successful switch in how you studied at that next level? During grad school, what I used, I mean, well, undergrad, undergraduate, what I used to do is I would study, I would read the chapter before class so that when I was in lecture, it was more like a review for me or further explanation of something I didn't understand. And then for grad school, that really wasn't working so well. So what I did is I really... I made sure that I was taking a lot of notes during class on like um, explanations that the teacher was giving us or different different ways of explaining things. And then afterwards, I would I would rewrite um, notes that I found were more important. And that's what really helped me was just rewriting notes. I would rewrite them one time and then I would read them over um, before a test. So it was just a lot of yeah. writing. <laughs> So then what's the next step to then become a doctor in physical therapy? Like, so what, what is it, what's the next series of um, assessments or exams or certification to ways? What, what does it look like? Yeah. Um, there's a national exam I have to take. So I just finished my last year was all clinicals. I just finished my clinicals. And then um, I have one more month of just normal classes, which is I'm just presenting a case report I did on a, on a patient and um, just other group projects I have. It's mostly presentations this last semester. And then after that, I have to I have three months to study and uh, I have to take my national exam in July because they're only taken, I think three, they're only offered three times a year, once in the spring, once in the summer and once in the winter. So it's going to be... It, it, this July, you're going to be uh, pre uh, preparing for it then, right? Yes. So we so, graduate and then we have to take that test, which is not fun, but. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can imagine. Now, the, so the next part I was going to say, like, how, the way I would imagine, you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that, you know, you have to have two hats. Maybe there is another hat in terms of what uh, you do, which is on the one hand, like you have to be the absolute expert in understanding the problems with your patient's um, body. 
but you also have to be in some ways their coach to motivate them to kind of do the types of things that would keep the progress going much like how you saw your family members make these incredible leap week to week with that. I was wondering how you could maybe talk about how you, um, you learn to have that intuition of the psychology of motivation with your patients. How do, how do you, uh, how do you begin to get a, a sense of how you can be a better coach uh, for them? Cause it almost seems like it's gotta be almost equal uh, in terms of knowing the body, but also knowing the mind of your patients. How do you strike that balance? I feel like, um, it kind of comes like, it should come naturally. Like you should be like empathetic to your patients. You should show them that you care. Um, a lot of it is also like educating the patients. Like if you show them that you know their stuff, they buy into it more. So we we say that we have to get patients to buy in. So some patients need like education. Some patients you honestly need to show them like, okay, like before you were only like, let's say you were only able to walk, a, you were able to walk like 10 meters and it took you like two minutes. Now you're walking those 10 meters and it takes you like a minute. So you really have made progress. So sometimes... Yeah. And sometimes some patients just really need you to be like more empathetic towards them and just like show them that you do understand that they're hurting, but you're trying to help them and how it can help them. Um, but I think sometimes it just comes naturally. Some people aren't a people person and I feel like those people go more towards research and <laughs> um, other people just really enjoy working with patients. But it is like you definitely have to have the knowledge, but you also have to have just people skills so that patients want to come to you because that's the thing we want patients to buy in because we ask them to come like two times a week or three times a week so if they don't like coming they're if they don't like you they're not going to want to come and it's not going to help them oh yeah and and time is so important to their uh, full rehabilitation for what it is that their goals are for that. I, I was wondering in physical therapy, in, in, do you become like a specialist in a particular part of the body? Like, are you, do you do, are you a specialist in like, let's say shoulders and your arms versus, you know, um, the types of motion that's needed for better, uh, walking and all that, or is everyone kind of, um, kind of equally prepared for everything? Does anyone, does anyone, is there like a particular niche where people uh, gravitate towards once they get into uh, the, the field of physical therapy or is it kind of, you no, know, everyone's good at everything. So Starting, I feel like everyone kind of starts off at the same level. We say that we're the specialists in movement. So that's what we are. We're specialists in movement. But there are some specialties and there are even residencies in PT school. Um, there's orthopedic, there's sports, there is um, like rehabilitation, there's neuro, there's so many. Um, there's vestibular, there's pelvic health, there's... Um, those are the ones that come off the top of my head. But there's so many specialties. Oh, there's even um, cardiopulmonary um, therapist. Which one are you? Which one is are do you gravitate towards? Um. Oh, there's peds. I forgot that. So I thought originally I wanted to be peds, but this last clinical, um, I was with a pelvic health specialist, and it was really interesting to me, and I really enjoyed it, and I realized that it's a it's a, it's a new area and it's developing and there's still a lot of research to be done with it. But, um, because of the fact that there's not a lot of people who specialize in it, um, I found it really interesting just the, 
how complicated it can be. I thought pelvic health was just like urinary incontinence, but there's so many other things in it. The Do you remember the first time that you had the type of breakthrough that you witnessed when you were younger and we, when you saw it with your um, your family members? Like, when did you see like, oh my goodness, I just did what I saw so many years ago. Do you remember when, when that was? Oh, um, I worked at a outpatient rehabilitation center for my second clinical this fall. And um, I had a patient that had a stroke. So when they came to me, they weren't able to um, like walk on their own. And by the I was helping them. So it was really cool because by the end, they were able to um, walk six minutes with like minimal assistance. I was basically just holding on to them to make sure that they didn't like their knee didn't buckle or they didn't lose their balance, but they were doing it all on their own. And so satisfying. Yeah. It was really, it's really cool. So, um, how did you, how do you like, uh, being a student in, in the city at UIC? Like, cause, cause a lot of people go to different schools that are kind of out in the country and you're like in downtown, uh, as well. What, what was, what's the experience of like going from, uh, where you started off in, is it Southern, not Carbondale, you were Edwardsville, but then going to UIC. Um, how do you like the difference between, you know, the type of the spectrum of different schools that you have experienced so far? So I actually didn't feel comfortable at Edwardsville because there wasn't a lot of diversity. And I mean, I don't think I'm very obviously Mexican, but there I was very obviously Mexican and I didn't like that. (laughs) I just, I didn't, I was used to, you know, at the high school where there's just so much diversity. I don't feel like I stand out. And over here I did. And then um, over here, there was really not much to do unless we went to St. Louis. So I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't like that. I didn't like Edwardsville personally. Everyone has their own preference. I personally didn't like it. And then when I went to UIC, I was like, oh my gosh, this is just like my high school. Like everyone's so diverse. Everyone's so open here. And I like the fact that I could live in the city or I could commute. And I personally commuted to save money. And it wasn't bad because I would fall asleep on the train ride there. I'd do homework on the train ride back. Like it really wasn't bad. But then I had um, friends that lived in the city and every now and then um, I'd stay over at their house and then we'd go, you know, it was a city. So there's so much to do. There's so many different things to do. So much to do. Yeah. Um, One day, um, it was the Cubs when they won their World Series. I went to class because one of my teachers still had class. But then the other one, he was a huge Cubs fan. So he was like, oh, class is canceled. Go to the parade. So that's what I did. I, <laughs> right after class, I was like, okay, let me go to a parade now. <laughs> uh, Ashley, you're also part of an organization called Minorities in Healthcare. I was wondering if you can describe what you do uh, with that organization. Oh, yeah. Um, so what it is is they contact high schools and they look for students who are interested in healthcare and are currently seniors. And what they do is they'll offer like a hundred dollar scholarship to them. And, um, we have like buddies. So they'll pair, if someone's interested in therapy, they'll get set up with someone who's a physical therapy student. But, um, we have other students there. Like we have, we had some nursing students. We had occupational therapy, speech therapy, Um, even pharmacy, I believe. So what we do is we get paired up with a student in high school who's interested in healthcare. 
Um, and then we we meet up with them every two weeks and we just talk about different types of healthcare opportunities. Like if they're nursing, great, but there's also, you know, doctors, pharmacy, and and they're usually a minority. Um, and what we do is during our meetings, we'll give them more information on healthcare. We teach them like how to apply. We even want to, um, because this is all during like the fall. So um, if they have like an essay to write and they want us to look it over, we look it over and we give them tips on it. So we kind of help them apply for undergrad. And then um, we give them our experience of of where we went to undergrad because most of the time we're all graduate students and we didn't all go to UIC. There's different, even different states sometimes that people are from. So we tell them about like why we made our decision to go where for undergrad. And we give them guidance on requirements for graduate school. Cause when I applied, I was, my mom never um, like went to college really. She, she did go to college, but she never applied to college. She kind of went to COD and then DeVry was there and they were like, oh, like you should apply here. And my mom applied and she got accepted, right? But she never did like um, applying to multiple colleges and writing essays and asking for um, like uh, letters of recommendation or like me when I had to get my hours for PT school. I had to do that on my own. I had to look up how to do it. Um, so we just kind of give them more guidance. Because that, that, that those little tips go so far in terms of saving people time and not have in and sometimes if you feel like you um, just didn't do it you might not continue along because you think that you haven't done enough so that's just got to be such an invaluable institutional guidance that you're able to provide everyone in this program what a cool idea so in july you're going to take the npt and once you successfully complete that where do you think you see yourself being? Are you going to remain in Chicago or in Illinois, or are you going to maybe um, uh, try uh, going somewhere else with this? Oh yeah, once I take the NPTE, um, I I love Chicago, but I don't want to drive over there every single day like I did this semester because it takes such a long time, especially during rush hour. And I would like to live there, but also at the same time, it's really expensive. So I'd rather kind of live in the suburbs and hopefully get a house eventually here. Um, so I want to get a job just somewhere near the suburbs where I don't have to drive to the city for an hour every day. Um, and I would prefer to, because um, you can't start off with pelvic health right away. Um, because it's a specialty and you really need to take continuing ed education hours in order to do that. And most patients are not straightforward urinary incontinence. So I would like to have the opportunity of getting a job somewhere where there's already a pelvic health therapist. So if I want to get started in it, I have someone who can be like a mentor to me and just help me and guide me through it. That's, that's such a great plan to like know like look this is what i'm interested in and know that you're going to seek the mentor to be able to kind of guide you through uh that that process that you want i just i love that that's such a such a great idea yeah um, mentorship is like really big because um i got offered a job at the first clinical i had but there it's just one therapist in the whole clinic and i told him i was like i don't think i would be comfortable starting off by myself um, when I just first graduated, you know, I was like, I think I would like an area where I, there's other therapists that I could collaborate with. And just like, if I have a question, just ask them for their advice or what they've done with their patients. I don't, I wouldn't feel comfortable just being by myself right away, right after I graduate. 
I think that's a, a, such a cool kind of way of looking at it, which is it's not that you don't have confidence in what you do. It's just that you seek the type of collaboration to be absolutely sure to provide the best care and 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 path forward for your patients by uh, being able to kind of seek out uh, those answers that you have. I, I just think that's such a great perspective that you have with that. So Ashley, this is usually the time in the interview where I ask if you have any advice for success, tips for success for uh, current uh, Wildcats, what would you tell them? I would say like take advantage of opportunities and the importance of networking because um, I got started as an aide when a um, physical therapist that I was shadowing, um, I just asked him, I was like, oh, like, what do you have to do to work here? Do you have to have a degree? And he was like, no, like, you can do it right as soon as you're 18. And um, and uh, he's the one that helped me get a job at Athletico where I worked at for a little bit because I don't think my hours were, I think the system was filtering out my application because I didn't have great availability. But um, I told him I applied, but I still hadn't heard back from Athletico and Aurora because he's the one that told me to apply. And he's actually the one that called the manager there and told him like, oh, I have like a student here. I think she'd be a really great fit for Athletico. Like you should interview her. And he's the one that helped me get the job. And then, like I said before, the teacher is the one who helped me get um, get into research. And then my research professor is the one that gave me an award. So I really feel like networking is really important. I mean, it's not the hard work counts, obviously, but networking can also get you somewhere. And um, just if you are bilingual, like keep it up. <laughs> it's helped me out so much. That's actually why I got a job at Athletico because I was um, bilingual and they're my, uh, the majority of their patients were bilingual because they worked at the factories. Um, and they were workers' comp patients. But even now in my clinical, like my first clinical, half the patients, again, they were workers' comp and they only spoke Spanish. So it really helped me out. And some of my therapists, I mean, some of my friends were saying that like they needed an interpreter when they were working with patients who spoke Spanish. And they realized that, like how important it is for them because they just don't have the same connection with their patients as I do. Oh, that is so great. Ashley, thank you so much for this interview, and uh, I, I am so excited to find out, uh, to be able to call you Doctor of Physical Therapy. Uh, oh, so one last question then is, you take the test in July. When do you find out uh, the good news? So technically, once I graduate, I already have my doctorate. So this May, um, beginning of May, I already have my doctorate degree. But then July is when I'm certified in the state of Illinois to be a PT. So uh, hopefully, I think I think it's like two weeks after you take the test is when you'll well, find that's out. Not too, that's not too terribly bad of a wait. So so good. So we'll, by August, you'll you'll have your our answers. So this is so exciting. So cool. Well, Ashley, again, thank you so much uh, for your time today, and best of luck. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you want to find past episodes, go to Apple Music, Podcasts, and search We Go Vox.